feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. Andrew, you've turned the calendar to August. How is your running going? Well, I don't want summer to end. But I will say yesterday I went out, I ran a half marathon distance, and it was rough. I'm pretty sure I could have filled an entire table shaker with kosher salt off my body when I got home yesterday. It was disgusting. That's, that's visual. Hey, that's horrifyingly visual. You know what? We got rid of video on the podcast, so I have to provide visuals as best I can. No, but in all reality, thank, I, th- I thank think you my... for providing that one to me. <laughs> I think my run was awful I, because there was something wrong with my hydration and my fueling somewhere uh, because I, I've never been as chalky as I was when I got home yesterday because I, I had points where I was literally just having to stop in the shade. I just couldn't go anymore. It was – I didn't feel bad in my legs or necessarily like cardio-wise. I just – would hit these points where I was like, I just, I can't. And it was awful. Awful. We're going to talk about it more. Um, hopefully, when are we, are we recording next week? I can't remember. No, a couple weeks. Next week, okay. I'm going to be in Columbus visiting a friend. And it, not That's Columbus, right. But uh, yeah, two weeks. Two weeks okay. the day before I leave for vacation. So in two weeks, we're going to be talking about this exact thing and some of the you know, kind of the anxiety a run like that brings. Uh, but, you know, a, a little bit of how to maybe work through it and understand what runs like that try to tell you and uh, just really what training is because there's a reason you train. I mean, I, I kept having to tell myself, you know, into that, you know, I, I've talked about how I don't have mileage base and stuff like that built up, but I kept having to tell myself yesterday during that run, like, dude, you got two and a half months. You got two and a half months to get where you need to be. This is why you train. Right. And so, you know, that, that was just kind of something I, I was, I was telling myself to just get through the time because it it was the time It was longer than it should have been. Uh, the pace was slow and the stops were frequent. It sucked, but you know what? This is what it is. I'm training for a fall race and I hope we don't get a warm Columbus summer, uh, fall Sunday, that year, which has happened before, but, um, but yeah, how about you? I mean, I know you're, you're still, you're still in injury limbo here. Yeah, no, you know what? I, um, this has been, it's been a stressful summer. I've got an earlier vacation than usual coming up, which isn't stressful, but you know how it is before you go on vacation, how stressful that is. I'm going to be moving in November, so I'm setting that up. Um, I won't lie. I miss running terribly. But I almost feel like it's probably not the worst thing that at this moment I'm not like in the thick of training. I feel like I would be really feel like it would have been a rough summer if I'd done that. So 
I'm raring to get back to it. Uh, I've decided when I get back from vacation, I'm going to jump back in, hopefully. But uh, in, at the moment, I'm happy kind of doing what I'm doing. So so are you still running? No, I haven't run in... Actually, I've got to look. I haven't run in I don't know how many weeks now, but I haven't set foot. Because the last time I set foot on the road, I got like two miles and I had like the, the groin lower abdominal pain. So huh. I just... No, it, it's like... That was also when it was super hot, like hotter than it's yeah. been. And um, there's just there's not really any fun, like trying to like just kind of, oh, let's go out there and test and see if you can do anything today when it's, you know, 95 and the heat index is triple digits. So, right. Yeah. But I'm OK with that. I, I really am OK with it. It'll it will make it better when I get back into it. So I'm really looking forward to being back into it. But. I'm also just enjoying kind of the absence of structure right now. Right. I've got plenty of other things occupying me. So, uh, we're here. Gardening. Have I, you know, even my garden sucks like this, this year has been awful because we didn't, <laughs> we didn't get warm weather until what, like father's day this year. So like, yeah, it was you. bad. And, um, you know, so it's just like my garden hasn't produced as well. And yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I said this to you before we uh, before we had our, our interview on today. We didn't get summer until like mid June, like legitimately mid June. It was still like fifty and rainy in early June. And I'm living on this vacation, and I feel like summer just started, and that I haven't done nearly as much as I've wanted to, and it just it sucks. Yeah, I have the feeling. Yeah, I mean, my son goes back to school in two weeks. And work was just nuts. I mean, June for me, June is our second busiest month of the year at work. So it was a lot of overtime, a lot of Saturdays working and stuff like that. And then July, my work moved, and I work in a warehouse. And when you're talking about moving millions and millions of dollars in product, it's going to be a complete cluster. And so, you know... July resulted in a lot of the same just busyness that June did. And now here I am finally in August. It's like, okay, work's back to normal. I'm back to eight to five and, you know, no weekends. And, but it's like, it's August. I got two weeks of this left. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. <sighs> so. Well, despite our whining, we actually are here to introduce the guest that we had on our podcast today. We had a really yes. great interview with Akron Marathon Race Director Brian Poland. Uh, Andrew, we we really enjoyed this interview. Uh, what were a couple of highlights that really stood out to you? I think the first highlight for me was that Brian was willing to stick it out with us through the technical difficulties we had yeah. <laughs> as our uh, as our recording platform changed uh we didn't find out until like three weeks ago like the platform we've been using since we started we found out like three weeks ago was was going to be going away yeah and we had to figure out something really quick to keep this going and we decided on skype which it turns out isn't that hard to use for this but this was really the first opportunity we had to try to interview somebody with it so it was the first time we had to do anything with it. And well, we, had, we got on last week well, and kind of did a couple you, of things. You and I basically had a phone call, which is what people yeah. use it for specifically. True. And 
then instead of like going into let's see how it works for podcasting, it was like, hey, let's grab one of the three major races in our region, interview their race director, and do that for our first time podcasting. Well, we didn't plan it that way when we decided on this date like two months ago. Yeah, and then we knew it was going to happen like a month ago. Yeah, it sucked. But whatever. Yes, we, we got to interview Brian Poland from the Akron Marathon. And, you know, you, you and I talked a little bit before we came back on to do this. You know, we got to interview Darius Blackford from Columbus uh, at the beginning of July. And we just absolutely loved that interview. Yeah. That, that was such a, Great like... Talk. It was such a high energy, personable interview. Not that Brian wasn't, but like you, you really got like the personality of Darius out of it. Uh, just very, very like community guy. It was kind of yeah. fun. Not that Brian isn't community guy. Brian totally is. I mean, he he owns a running store, and when you listen to him talk about how he approaches designing a race course and what goes into planning a race and stuff like that. Like he really, you understand he is community guy, but he looks at things just in a different, through a different lens. Uh, he's a little more technical in the way that he uh, looks, looks at things, maybe a little more diligent. And it's, it, I think it's just a great compliment to what yeah. we were able to have from Darius last month. It's kind of like looking at two just different ways of looking at how a race is, is put on and how it's designed. Not that their ways are different, but just kind of like two slightly different mindsets. Yeah. And they both put on incredible events. Yes. They really do. I, and, you know, we, we've we've had the pleasure, uh, and we don't want to discount, Ralph Staff from Cleveland was on with us in May. Yeah. Or April, whenever we interviewed him. Uh, and, and, you know, so we, we have been very fortunate uh, to have interviewed of those three major races in our region. We've interviewed the race directors from each and every one, which I'd say is pretty damn good for guys who have not even been doing their podcast for a year. Yep. Uh, so having the chance to do that, I think all three races bring something different. And I think you get to you when you listen to the interviews of all three, you really get to see what makes them all so good you you got ralph who you know markets his race extremely well and then darius who is just like a, a slave to what the runners say you know when I, i'll never get over that clip that i had shared about how he reads like thousands and thousands of comments yeah. on their poll or their survey uh but then today, really getting to see how Brian approaches, you know, uh, planning a race from a runner's perspective and how, like, he really takes that into account. Like, you brought up what you wanted to say about, you know, kind of your highlight. Like, what did you think your highlight with Brian was tonight? Well, you brought up the, the course changes to Akron, and, and I thought his... I thought his answer was fascinating. He talked specifically about how he grouped uh, participants at Akron into basically four groups, you know, elites, sub-elites, and then, you know, people that, you know, uh, run quite a bit, but maybe aren't quite at that sub-elite level that are looking to qualify for Boston and first-timers. And he said, what, what can I bring to a course that all of these groups will get something out of? 
you know, how can I really build a course that these four groups are all going to get, you know, what they want out of a race? And I just thought that was fascinating. That was that was nothing that we've gotten from Ralph or from Darius before in terms of course design. I just thought that was fascinating to really like break down your target audience and think like, what do they want? And, I, and that was just a fascinating answer to me. And he goes into specifically what changed with the Akron course and why those changes were made and, and why he thinks those changes will really appeal to all four of those different groups of runners. I like that he kind of challenged me to get out there for the fall too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He brought that up too. And he, yeah. you know, he pointed out, he pointed out that like the half marathon does get a lot of what he thinks is good about it, but he said, Hey, you know, you know, you want to see the whole course. You want to get the whole experience. You've got to run the marathon. And I was looking at the course yeah. map as we were talking and I thought, yeah, you know, it's, it's true. Like there's a little bit of everything down there on that course. And to really get the full experience, you do have to run the full. I, um, I was actually right now, my plan next spring, assuming I don't get into Boston is to run the Pittsburgh marathon in early May. And I was listening to him and I was figuring out when next year's Akron is going to be and how much time there's going to be in between those. And I think he probably sold me on that for next year. So there you go. Done, Brian. So we should stop talking. Yeah. And we should just let our listeners get right to our interview with Brian Pullen. Absolutely. We're thrilled to be joined today uh, by Brian Pullen, race director from the Akron Marathon. Uh, very excited to have you. Thank you for joining us tonight, Brian. Yeah, sure. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you said that you, we, we had just asked you off air, uh, you said you were in your car heading home from a run. Uh, but your answer to that was yes and no. So uh, it's race week. So so were you running or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bo- yeah, both, both actually. So I um, I got up this morning um, and, and we ran um, the 10K course for the Goodyear um, half marathon and 10K. Um, and actually, we started this really cool tradition. Um, our race announcer. Um, Jason Sokol. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a podcast on its own. Uh, the story behind Jason, but long story short, um, he is not a runner, or he said he was not a runner. Um, and then after uh, the Goodyear event a couple years ago, I um, got a few beers in him and talked him into running the series <laughs> the, the next year. So he went from not running one mile to he actually completed last year. Um, his first three races ever, he ran the 8K, the 10K, and the half. And because he's the race announcer, he can't run on race day, of course. Um, so we do that the Monday of race week. We take him out, and I kind of show him around the course. And it's dual duty for me. It keeps him moving and running and, and in the sport. But I also get a chance to put some fresh eyes on the course. So it's it was perfect. So then when I got home, I uh, came home, checked in at home. My wife and I went on a date. And then I uh, I went on a little run after dinner, and now I'm jumping onto a call with you guys. So it's been a fun day. And it was it was a very wild adventure getting you on this call with us tonight. Too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not very I'm not very techie, so for the fact that I'm actually on here, I'm impressed with myself. I can't help it. Hey, it was kind of like running a marathon. You just get, you don't give up until you get the prize. So here we are. <laughs> Uh, Brian, let's talk a little bit about how you first started running. What's your what's your running origin story? Oh man, my running past is really sad. So um, in uh, in high school, I was a football, baseball, basketball player. So 
for the most part, I ran when I was either chasing someone or I got in really big trouble. So if I did something <laughs> silly, coach would make me run. So running was more of a means of what you did in the sport. But um, my junior and senior year of high school, I went to a small school and um, one of my best friends was on the cross country team and they had four kids. So they wanted to compete on the weekends and they said, hey, why don't you run cross country? And I said, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Play football on Friday and then uh, get up and run cross country, whatever the heck that is on a Saturday morning. Um, (laughs) So, of course, I did what anybody says. I said, yeah, let's do it. Um, So truly, I would play uh, football. I'd play offense, defense for my football team, um, go home, crash. And then the the school bus would pull up in front of my house on Saturday morning. They'd pick me up and I'd run cross country. So no training or anything. I wasn't wasn't great. Um, I was, I would maybe run 17 flat or maybe I went under 17 a couple times, but compared to all the other guys, I was like definitely the odd guy out. They all knew what they were doing. And I was just this random guy running around the, the course. So when I got, when I got out of, uh, out of high school, I went to college, university of Akron, uh, pursued an engineering degree and uh, minored in beer drinking kind of, uh, like gained, gained a lot of weight. Um, so if you fast forward to 2008, um, I was 215 pounds and, uh, you know, I had a two year old son, Bo at home and I'm trying to chase him around and I'm like, man, how did I get out of shape? So, uh, I had a friend that I worked with at my engineering job who had always talked about the Acro marathon. And I thought, okay, this is, this is interesting. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sign up for the Acro marathon. So I literally hadn't run one step. I went in my computer room, logged in, signed up for the Acker Marathon. Done. So then the very next step was go on a training run. So I told my wife what I had done, and she laughed. She's like, how far is that? And I said, I don't even know. I said, I'm not sure. I'll find out. Um, so I went outside, and I had a Mustang, and I drove a two-mile two loop with my odometer around my neighborhood. And I thought, wow, that wasn't that far. And then I tried to run it, and I literally pa- almost passed out in my front yard. Just two miles. <laughs> and my to wife. clarify, this is the full that you registered for. Oh, yeah, exactly. I thought, well, I'm not doing anything <laughs> half. Like, that's silly. So I signed up for the full marathon. Still, I had no clue how far it was. My wife's like, how far is that? I'm like, got to be at least 10, 10 or more miles, I'm, I'm guessing. So I, I go out, and I run, and I'm in my basketball shoes, my basketball shorts, and I run two miles and I literally almost died. And uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to put a plan together. So through that summer of 2008, I trained diligently. I lost about 65 pounds um, over five wow. months. And uh, I towed the line in at Akron at about 160 pounds. And um, I was actually on pace to qualify for Boston through about mile, I want to say 16 or 17. So I was like on 308 pace and uh, boy, things were clicking really well. And then all of a sudden I had to run through Sand Run Parkway, which I don't know if you guys know the Akron courses very well. Uh Sand Run Parkway is just a grinder of a hill, just goes up and up and up. And as that section hit me, I literally almost fell apart. I mean, the pace guy I was running with just disappeared up the hill. And next thing you know, I had the, the death shuffle. Um, for the next, I don't know, six, seven, eight miles. And 
so I crossed the line in like 318. And uh, when I crossed the line, my lips were blue. I was ready to pass out. And my wife was like, was that worth it? And I said, that might have been the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. So from there, I just took off with it. I literally haven't stopped running since. Uh, I kind of kind of have transitioned into the ultra world. So 100 Mile is kind of my favorite, maybe my specialty. Uh, but I still tinker around with uh, the marathon. I ran Boston quite a few times. And um, I just love to get out there and run. And uh, so it's been a nice resurgence for me. I think I'm like 11 years back into the running world and I wouldn't change a thing. So you had to run sand run for your first, you become race director and take it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the funny, the funny thing is I I went on and um, I just loved the Ackerman marathon experience so much. I said, I'm going to run this race every year until I can't. Um, So I got to the point where I loved sand run i love the old course but in 2015 um the city had a major um sewer tunnel project that right. essentially shut shut down the towpath so to, to be honest um if it weren't for the construction issues we'd still be running up sand run i love the old course i thought it was a lot of fun oh, adam just texted me to skip ahead to my question i don't even have my outline up man uh, i'm on top of it right now so do you have uh, a races brian that uh that stand out above others like races that you've run that are memorable to you um yeah i mean they all the the funny thing is i don't really remember the races themselves i always end up remembering the people um you know the people that you run into either on the course or before or after i think that's what makes to me that's what always made akron so special is you know i'm a, a northeast ohio runner and it seems like most of the Northeast Ohio makes Akron their fall racing home, whether it's the relay or the half or the full. So it's kind of like you show up to Akron and all your friends are there. It's like a big old running party. Um, so for me, I've got just tons of Akron marathon um, experiences that just kind of flood in. Um, of course, my first Boston marathon was pretty amazing. Um, just, you know, I had never been around 35,000 people at the starting line before. Um, was pretty intense. And then to see a city completely shut down and drinking from seven o'clock in the morning. That was quite the concept as pretty amazing. They're just like, Hey, let's have a race. Let's shut down the city, shut down all the businesses and let's just party from seven until midnight. To me, that's a pretty good idea. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, um, jumping, jumping into some of these really long distance races. I ran a hundred miler on the towpath um, in, in downtown Akron last summer. Um, which ended up being just a really fun day. I think I averaged like 820 or 830 pace for 100 miles and just waiting waiting for my body to fall apart, and it never did, was uh, something I'll never forget. Just every mile played up, you're wondering, is this the mile where I fall apart? Apparently not. This has got to be it. No, apparently not. Then you get to the finish line, and you're like, that was awesome. Can't wait to do that again. So tons of fun races. That. So you, you have a pretty natural, so 5k in high school, no big deal, ran 17 flat (laughs) after a football game, (laughs) after a football game, go out and almost qualify for Boston, your first marathon where you could barely run two miles when you began training. And then you have a hundred miler where you're just waiting for the wheels to fall off. You are a beast, Brian. Yeah. I don't know if a beast is, is the right word, but my daily life is a little crazy. 
Um, it's a little chaotic and I'm busy. So people ask me a lot. They're like, hey, how do you run 100 miles? And I said, well, the cool thing is when I run a 100 mile race, that's the only thing I have to do that day. I don't have to answer my phone. I don't have to answer email. I don't have text messages flowing in. So to tell you the truth, guys, you know, running a hundred mile, that's kind of my day off. It's pretty easy. So, um, it's, it's fun. If you really enjoy it, Hey, it's, it's a good time. So you said you're on your phone a lot. You're a busy dude. You're the race director for one of the premier races that I know of. It's an event for our family every year with the kids run on Friday night. Uh, just being downtown Akron is always a blast on Saturday. Uh, how did you become the race director? for the Akron Marathon? You know, um, maybe, I'm not really sure, uh, partially by accident. I guess I, um, my wife and I, in 2012, uh, my wife and I owned a specialty running store in my hometown. Um, so I wanted to start a running club, and she wanted to start a store, and uh, wives win all the time. So uh, we ended up opening a store. So we opened a specialty running store right in my hometown, and um, I had been running the Akron Marathon every year, and I knew that they were having some challenges finding a, a good volunteer team at the uh, at the finish line. You know, when we finish inside Canal Park, it's kind of chaos. Uh, we've got we've gotten it to the point now where it's controlled chaos, and it's just a heck of a lot of fun to be out there. Um, but when we first launched a big party on center field we felt like we needed a team to take care of that, or they did. I wasn't on the staff at that time. So my, my wife and I, through the store, volunteered to bring a team of 30 volunteers from Worcester and manage the finish line. And uh, just through those meetings, um, we had kind of gotten to know each other. Uh, we found out that there was a need for a race director. Uh, the, the race director through, through the first 10 years, Jim Barnett, had retired. And uh, they were looking for someone, and I you know, we just started talking, and next thing you know, I get an offer, and I accept it. And I go from a nerdy engineer guy to um, maybe, maybe less nerdy, maybe more nerdy, I'm not sure, race director of the Akron Marathon. Um, so I honestly have no idea how it all played out, but I'm glad it did. So how many years is this now for you as the director? Uh, that would have been 2013, and okay. uh, so uh, we're – we're coming up on race number seven um, right now. Um, Are the actually, two, 2013 was an epic year. I resigned from my engineering job, accepted the Acker Marathon. But before I did that, I went to Western States and ran the 100-miler out there. Oh. Um, so it was, it was a summer I probably will never forget. It was very cool. Western States is one of those. I look at what Jim Walmsley does out there where you're literally running up and down mountains and just, I'm always amazed that anybody can cover that much distance and, and uh, you can cover a hundred miles in what, 14 hours plus now. Yeah. And, and having seen that course, I mean, I, I ran a hundred miler in 14 hours and 20 minutes, but it wasn't at Western States. I have no idea how he done that. that yeah. I mean, seriously, that, some of those climbs are unbelievable. That's that, that guy's a freaky athlete. So you said 2013 was your first as race director. Are there any race day moments that are particularly memorable during your time as the race director now? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, so many, honestly, so many. Um, you know, I normally stand at the finish line and, you know, a lot of the 
the special interest stories. You know, we've got some. I think that Akron does the best job around at, at hosting push teams. Um, you know, we've got Team Bracken, which is a uh, uh, husband wife that push um, Steve Bracken, who's fighting ALS in a push chair. And it's always emotional just watching them cross the line and what that means to them. Um, we've got Andre um, Travis that gets pushed by his buddies. Um, and he he's uh, severely handicapped. And for him, this is his way to be an athlete. Um, you know, that we had a, a year a couple of years ago where it was just incredibly hot and watching the, the runners kind of work together to get across the finish line. It's just, you know, every year there are so many, um, there's just so many great stories. Honestly, the first year that um, we went to a U.S. only prize purse and watching um, our first U.S. men's winner, um, a guy from Canton, Tony Migliozzi, come across the yeah. and see and see the crowd just go bonkers um, and wrapping him in a U.S. flag is something I'll never forget. Uh, my, my friends, the McCarran sisters, um, who uh, have won back-to-back years now, Emma in 2017 and Grace in 2018. Um, Emma it was our champ in 2017, and she's one of the toughest girls I know. And watching her break down in tears when her sister won the marathon um, was very special to me. So, you know, every year I could probably write a, uh, a book um, about the amazing stories. And I think that's what the marathon's all about. I mean, it is truly a, it, it's an incredible experience. And it's, it's something that I think people are drawn to naturally, whether you're a runner or not. When the New York marathon's on TV or the Olympic marathon's on TV, you can't help but watch because it's compelling, mm-hmm. compelling stories. I was I, I was in the outfield uh, the year that Tony won, and I'm from Canton, so uh, I mean I bought shoes from Tony. I talked to Tony a lot. Uh, you know I've run on the towpath with him plenty of times, and when when I was listening to them kind of like call the race, I think he he just like pounded the dude into the asphalt at like mile 22, and we were just and I was just following as much of it as I could, and it was ah oh, I was so jacked when he came down that home stretch. That was so sick. Yeah, and and for me it was especially um, exciting because uh, I kind of recruited Tony to run. I was rooting for Tony. He and I went out and ran the course together, and I told him, I said, Tony, right here on Castle Boulevard, if you're going to make your move, make your move, because once you get on Market Street and you start running downhill, anybody can run fast downhill. I right. said, make your move here. So I'm listening to the my radio, which I've got tons of, tons of information flowing in on that radio, and the lead vehicle driver says, you know, turning left on Castle Boulevard, still two runners. And the guy that he was racing against, Blair Teal, I mean, he's a trials qualifier. He's running the trials. He's an amazing athlete, too. But uh, the lead vehicle says, turning left on Castle Boulevard, two guys side by side. And then to hear him say, well, we've got a move being made. And then they call Tony's number. I mean, it gives me goosebumps today. It's unbelievable. So there's just... I think that's the cool thing is, you know, if we have 1,500 marathon finishers, I bet I personally know 1,000 of them, and it's just fun to stand at the finish line and just high-five people and see how elated they are to, to be done. Yeah, one cool thing that you did, I don't remember if it was last year or if you do it every year, and I just only noticed it last year, uh, was take people on a tour via social media through the entire course because you were saying you just did that with Tony. But you, yeah, yeah, you and- went and ran every mile. <laughs> Yeah, with with Tony is a little bit special for that guy. He can wake up and run a marathon <laughs> kind of out of his bed. So with him, we physically 
started at the start line and finished at the finish line just so he could get his feet on that course and see where all the challenges were. But yeah, that's one of the cool things about social media. I mean, you can just fire up your phone on, on Facebook Live and hundreds, thousands of people can listen to what you have to say. And um, it was one of these concepts we had where it's just good information sharing. I think people should be as prepared for race day as they possibly can be. There's so many variables you can't control. So if you can at least dive into the ones you can control, be prepared, that helps. So we started doing these little tip Tuesdays or, you know, weekly Facebook live. And I'm amazed all the people that come up to me on race day or at the expo or even post race and say, man, I, I was thinking about that one tip you gave during the race and man, did it help me. And I'm like, wow, okay. These things are obviously pretty cool. So we've got some good ones planned for this year, especially with the new course. I mean, there's so much information to share out there. And that's what we call a segue. So <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I just had that thought. So the new course, this now I want to I want to preface this with my my personal opinion on what you've done. I, I have always thought Akron is an incredible race. I absolutely love it. I I personally didn't see the need for a course change, but because of the event that you have put on for the years that you've been the race director and how great this race has been since I've moved back to Northeast Ohio as a runner, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And here's your chance to explain why this, I know I don't do that to Adam ever, but Brian, (laughs) I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, The, the, the move, moving the start line to Stan Hewitt and running a point to point, like what went into that? Well, about two years worth of research. So um, I'll give you guys the kind of sped up long answer. Um, you know, I, I take, I think that everybody who comes to Akron should run the, the marathon. I mean, I, we offer the half. It's an awesome race. We offer the relay. It's awesome too. But I really think everybody should run the marathon. Just see what we have to offer. And so I started taking inventory of what did we have to offer? And I kind of broke up the marathoners into four groups. You know, group one is the elites. You know, they want to come here and, and they want to run fast. They want to win prize money. They want to qualify for the Olympic trials. We know who they are. The, the second group is kind of your Boston qualifier sub-elite. They want to go fast. They want to get PRs. They want to make sure that they get that Boston qualifier so they can go to Boston every year. And uh, we know them too. Um, but the group three is kind of your experiential runner. They want to come to a race that maybe run five, six, seven marathons a year for them. It's not about competing. It's about finishing the race, having fun and, and leaving with a kind of some takeaways. I love this part, love that part. And then group four is your first time marathoner, which last year we had about 400 first time marathoners toe the line at the Akron marathon, which is, you think about those numbers, that's staggering. Um, that's yeah. a lot of people. So I started looking at the current version of the course, the 2018 version, which had been band-aided over and over because of the different construction projects. I mean, it's right. like, you know, the first they shut down, I shouldn't say they, you know, they had to do some construction work with the tunnel project and shut down the towpath. They had to. Um, we've got this major project on Main Street, which is going to end up being just gorgeous. I mean, Main Street at Akron is going to be phenomenal when it's done just have to get there. Uh, and I started looking at all these different band-aids we had put on this course that we all loved. And it started to be a course that really didn't have much to offer to all four of those groups. Um, it was it was definitely not fat. 
um, we had lost kind of some of the the quaintness or the the coolness of running on the towpath and running through these cool parks that run right through Akron. And it, it started to become something that it just wasn't necessarily proud of anymore. So um, we pitched this idea of, okay, I mean, you guys, you, you've run the Akron Marathon. What's the coolest part of the Akron Marathon, in your opinion? I have not run the full because I've always been training for Columbus going into it, but I love the finish. I've That's the Canal Park. The party for me at Canal Park has always been my favorite part. Uh, and yeah. I, I do love the hills. I've always loved the hills. Uh, there's the there's one hill going up through campus that would just beat me up every year. And I loved it. Uh, granted, I wasn't trying to – I would use it more as a training run and a party. Like you said, we start drinking in the morning and just go all day yeah. long. Uh, so maybe to me the hills didn't bother me as much because I viewed it more as a training run and a fun time. But I, I always – I liked the hills and I love the finish at Canal Park. You can't beat. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that you answer it that way um, because the one thing you're missing um, because you're a half marathoner is the best part of the, the race course is, is West Akron. It right. just is. There's so many block parties, so many people out there cheering, beautiful roads with tons of shade. Um, but you've never got to experience it because you're running the half. Um, you right. get to see the downtown portion. So when we started looking at, okay, people don't run our race. I mean, I talked to so many people that say, I run the half an Akron, but I run the full and insert flat course here because it's faster. Right. And uh, I want people to come to Akron and run the marathon. So I said, okay, our biggest hurdle is we got to run way uphill. Um, in the old days, we ran up Sand Run Parkway. The current version, you know, a couple years ago, last year version, we ran up Market Street and up Merriman. Um, and our biggest disadvantage is the fact that we have to climb to get to the best part of our course. So why don't we just transport everybody out to the coolest part of the course, let them run that first, let them run downtown or uh, downhill into downtown, and then we'll show them some of the other cool spots on the course. We'll show them North, North Hill. We'll show them Firestone Park. Then we'll come come back on the towpath, which gives them a nice little feel for these great parks that we have that run right through downtown Akron. And uh, what ended up happening is we, we come up with this course that's not only fun to run, but it, it kind of checks all the boxes. If you think about the, the four groups of people I, I laid out there earlier, you wait till you see our elite field. The elites are contacting me saying, man, this is going to rival SIM, you know, the California International Marathon, where it's hmm. point to point kind of net downhill. They said, I can get that same experience here in Akron now. I don't have to travel all the way to California in December. Um, this group that wants to qualify for Boston, they're excited now because they don't have to kill themselves from mile 13 to 15 climbing uphill. Those people that were on the cusp now have confidence to think, I'm easily going to qualify for Boston. And with our experiential people, where else do you start a race inside a national landmark like St. Hewitt? run through the, the neighborhoods of West Akron, run down the towpath. I mean, there's going to be some things that they're going to see along the way that they won't forget. They'll be unforgettable. And then our first time marathoners, there's nothing like being able to run a net downhill marathon and finish you know, a little bit easier, not have to tackle some of the big climbs. Um, and then, of course, in the new course, um, mile 20 to the finish is the easiest part of the whole race. 
um, it's either downhill or flat back to the stadium. We're utilizing the towpath. We're utilizing downhill on uh, Wilbeth Road. So you, if you've run a marathon before, you know aisle 20, it starts to get real. Well, it's probably yeah. still going to be a challenge, but now at least it'll be downhill or flat, so it won't have any additional challenges and, and uh, roadblocks in their way. So the new course is just fun to run. And uh, I'm really proud of it. I'm excited to roll it out on racing. And I think those people like you that are like, ah, I'm just not sure. When you come and run it for the first year and you, you cross that same iconic finish in, inside Canal Park, it's going to make a lot of sense. You're going to say, I see now what, what they're doing. So it, I'm excited. I can't wait for September. And as I say, I totally trust you. Or else I probably would have been. I'm because I know there were the feedback. Oh, see, how I'm segueing you to the next question, Adam. Nicely done, I, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I kill all our segues by pointing them out. Uh, but I I know that there were people on you know both sides of the fence. You know, on social media, I saw people just you know lambasting you for changing the course and stuff. But well, I wouldn't go that far because I just trust the event you guys have put together. So that's why I wanted to make sure that I prefaced my. Um, my, my, my thoughts with you understanding that I absolutely trust what you guys have done over the last half dozen years that I've been back here. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely give you the benefit of that. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much that's what I got. You, you'll be excited. And I heard about the, the social media response. And to be honest, I didn't really read much of that. Um, to me, all I saw was like, 350 comments i didn't necessarily read them but what that tells me is people are passionate about the Akron marathon people love it mm -hmm. whether whether you're making a positive comment or a negative comment you feel so strongly about the Akron marathon that you want to make a comment and to me that's all that matters i mean we're going to end up showing them why we did this and and show them that but you know it's great to have that many passionate people um about the Akron marathon i think that's what makes it worth doing so in a situation like that, then, are you looking at runner feedback or is this more about the vision that you have for what you want the race to be and you're just hoping that the runners are going to trust you on that? No, certainly it's a blend. I mean, I, I'm, whether it's on a post-race survey, you know, we, we, we pull all of our runners and ask them what they think. And obviously this course is hilly. It comes up a lot. Uh, there's a ton of positive feedback too, which we want to make sure we keep doing those things. Um, but certainly a lot of people miss the towpath, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where now we can feature a really cool section of towpath. I mean, they're going to run across, I think one of the most unique sections of towpath where it truly floats on water. I mean, you're going to be running on summit Lake on floating towpath section. Um, and the areas that they're going to run through just have a really, a lot of ethnic, flare and, and people are going to enjoy running through there um so a, a lot of this is based on me talking to runners in the area getting feedback personally looking at post-race survey and making sure that we are catering to every runner no matter where they fall in the spectrum the lead to first timer and this course will do that um, finally One really cool thing that you've done with this new course is you have these medals for each of the – so for those who don't know the Akron Marathon, it is the best relay, marathon relay that you will find in the country. Uh, but you made it even better by creating individual medals 
for each relay leg. Whose idea was that? And how did y'all execute that so freaking flawlessly? Because when I saw the pictures of it, I was like, that, I mean, just an incredible way to spice it up even more. Take ownership of the miles that you completed on the way to 26.2 with your team. Yeah, and I, we have these uh, Wednesday, um, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday morning staff meetings where we sit down, and especially in the off season, we've got um, some additional time to just kind of brainstorm and, and dream about what might be. And I think that the original concept of having these individual medals started maybe one, two years ago. Um, part of the issue we ran into was there just wasn't, wasn't something iconic on each of the relay legs. So we were really stretching to try and find something cool for all the medals. And uh, this year, our executive director, Ann Batom, she kind of took the concept and ran with it. And we had a quick brainstorming session about what is cool in each, each section. And there are some things that just pop out quick. I mean, Dan Hewitt, obviously. Um, Highland Square Theater, totally awesome. The Y Bridge. And if you've run the Akron, any Akron race and you don't know about the Y Bridge and the experience of running it across there with all the runners, I mean, you're not paying attention. Um, and then, of course, the floating towpath um, is our fourth medal, which is it. I went out and actually took the picture for social media and I held the medal up to the actual floating towpath. And it looks like like it's dead ringer for the floating towpath. It's really cool. And then, of course, Canal Park. I mean, how, how do you beat that? So now we've got um, I, I heard rumor of a guy who's running the, the marathon. He's running the first leg of a relay for his uh, a, team of friends and then he's signing up five times for the relay and going to run it all by himself because he wants all the medals that's amazing (laughs) so he's gonna have seven entries to one race he's gonna run it one time um he's gonna have all these entries so that dude um, must be loaded though goodness he's gotta be yeah yeah he's got (laughs) he's gotta be but that just kind of tells you how excited the people you know our runners are about these medals and i i think the natural progression will be someone will run a leg this year and then we're going to keep those medals around for a few years here so that people try and complete the set over the next five years kind of floating around their relay legs and having fun with it so um i'm i'm excited about that part too it's just kind of cool to you know we have five thousand relay runners on race day that's Mm -hmm. a ton of people so for them to have this new kind of fresh excitement about race day is fun for me too and you coordinate it flawlessly. Are you worried at all about uh, – I've not had an issue with the relay, but are you worried all – you laughed like maybe I was over-exaggerating with the word flawlessly there. <laughs> no, no it, it's, it's, I just laugh because of, of all the, the work that we do, we probably spend 80% of our time on the relay. Um, just right. making sure that it's going to be perfect. Just, you know, making that transition in the exchange zones, transporting people out and back. Um, just by the nature of the event, uh, our relayers tend to be the most inexperienced runners of the group. Right. Um, so they just need the most coaching on the front end. So yeah, it's funny that the highest percentage of our time is spent on that relay. But um, the end result is, like you said, you feel like it's a flawless execution. Uh, there's a ton of time that goes into getting it to that point. So it's, it's fun. I, I don't have a ton of hair, and a lot of it has to do with our relay. <laughs> you and me both, man. <laughs> you and me both. Bald brothers together. 
That's right. It, nothing like adding another leg being the start that you have to transport people to either. <laughs> yeah, no, and and actually that's the the least of of our worries. We um we have spent a few years kind of um, like I mentioned, I've been running this route for a handful of years, uh, dreaming about what it would look like. And the biggest hurdle was, of course, the the transportation. Um, so we're pretty lucky. We've partnered with Akron Metro, which is one of the finest groups you can partner with. They're they're amazing. But um, the end result is we need to get about 7,000 people out to the start line. So we've got our half marathon, our marathon, and the first leg of the relay. And um, they are going to supply 40 buses. Um, they w- we're going to start at 5 a.m. Um, with transportation. And... Uh, they can hold about 60 people per bus. So it's about 20, between 24 and 2,500 um, runners per loop. Um, the, the total drive time is about 12 minutes. So if you do the math on that, we're going to be able to make five, six, seven loops um, per bus. So we're going to have enough transportation needs for, I don't know, 16, 17,000 runners, and we need to take 7,000 out. So what we're doing in year one is we're throwing way more resources at it than we need just to make sure that there's no hiccups on race morning. That's what I like to hear. Being from Canton, we had the Hall of Fame marathon fiasco <laughs> a couple years ago. Yeah, I, I, I won't comment on that, but certainly uh, that is not what you're in for here. Right. The other thing, <laughs> other thing I'll mention is we did, we did change the start time by 30 minutes. Um, the reason behind that is uh, the sun comes up in Akron in late September at like 6.59.59. I mean, it's pitch dark when you're standing in the start line corrals, and then when you run through the starting gate, all of a sudden it's like someone flipped on a light switch. The, the sun comes right. up that fast. So we want to make sure that if we're going to transport everybody out to Stan Hewitt, that they have about 30 minutes to actually see where they are and take in the grounds, which are just amazing. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful inside there. Um, but that also allows people to keep the exact same routine they've always had. So if you're used to getting downtown at 6 o'clock, walking to High Street to get ready for, for the race, still do that. Park in the exact same parking lot that you always have. Walk right down to High Street. That's where our busing will be. Except now, instead of walking into the start line corral, you're going to get on a bus, take a short 12, 15-minute drive out to Stan Hewitt, and then start your routine. So really adding that extra 30 minutes more than accommodates the travel time that you're going to take out to Stan Hewitt. So you can keep your routine. Um, I know, gosh, I've talked to so many runners that say I run Akron every year. I've got it dialed in. Well, it's going to be pretty much the same routine. Just get on a bus and head on out to Stan Hewitt. So this, this last question, it's not necessarily Akron related. It's just more big picture running related. Um, You're obviously hooked into running. You're passionate about it. Is there anything going on in the world of running right now that's got you excited, Brian? Um, a, a little, yes, actually. Um, the I, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but every weekend, uh, my local running community, my Facebook feed, on my social media is blown up with my running friends running different races everywhere. I mean, it seems like every weekend now, you can run one of 10 races. You're like, oh, I'd love to run that race, but I'm already signed up for this. And I'm going to run this race in the morning, and then we're running this race in the evening. I mean, people are racing at an alarming rate. 
Um, and even as a store owner, I'm watching new runners every single day. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a boom like this. I know they talked about the late 70s and early 80s, the first running boom. And there's just no way it compares to what we're currently seeing. I mean, I don't even know really anybody who's not a runner. Um, it, it's unbelievable. So I'm just seeing the length in numbers. Um, it, at any given weekend, you can find a race that has a thousand people and go race. I mean, if you want to run a marathon, um, when I first started running in 2008, Akron was an easy choice because there was only a handful of marathons. Now, there's a marathon on the exact same day as the Akron Marathon in Ohio. I mean, it's like they're they're all over the place and they're all full because there's just so many runners out there. And to me, I just love it. I think runners are happy people. I think runners are excited people. I think it's good for your mental health. Um, and I just love watching uh, new runners pop onto the scene every single day. It's fun fun to watch. It is fun to watch. And some of those people do listen to us and we're very thankful about that. It may not be very many, but some of them do. <laughs> and uh, some of them I'm sure will be running the, uh, the, you have the Goodyear half and 10 K you alluded to that this weekend. So uh, what's a, what's your weather forecast this weekend? Oh Warm? man. I mean, consider, no, considering we're an August race, we're expecting it's a six thirty AM start um, sold out field, 2,500 runners. Um, we are expecting 57 degrees at the start, and uh, we have a we have a four a four hour closure for the half marathon, which puts us at like 10:30, and we're expecting about 71 degrees. Um, much That's much nice. of that race runs. Yeah, it's, we're lucky. I mean, honestly, I don't know how we got that, um, but we'll take it. Um, most of our race course, and that's a really fun course too, but most of it runs through shaded neighborhood. Um, so we've got some misting stations out there and other elements to keep people cool, but, uh, they may be bypassing those misting stations. So they don't get, uh, cold actually, um, 58 degrees sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Wow. I suddenly can't wait for my long run this weekend. Oh, it's, one of these days no we've kidding. got to get you to that. We've got to get you to that Goodyear event. Um, it's the the only time I had a um, radio interview um, today, and the, the interview the interviewer said it's the most Akron day of the year. Uh, we have Swenson's uh, Burger Truck right there at the finish line. So at about seven seven fifteen, <laughs> we've got finishers coming across the line of the ten k um, loop around to the finisher festival, and they're eating cheeseburgers. Um, Is the Swenson's included at this race? It is, yeah. Everybody gets oh. a free galley boy. So I I nice. look over at the Finishers Festival and I see people eating four oh. cheeseburgers and drinking beer and I check my watch and it's like seven ten. I'm like, this is great. Dude, so, that, I mean, one of my best race experiences, I ran the Akron Relay uh, with some Cleveland uh, Marathon Ambassador friends and I was the first leg and I had a long run. So I did like my first... 10 miles that morning before the race. And then I was the first leg of the race. So I went off, finished my leg. That way I could just, you know, run around and cheer the rest of my teammates on. And, but when we got to like leg three or four, when it was further away from downtown, I went in outside canal park and I saw the Swenson's food truck, grabbed oh, yeah. a galley boy and a shake and some potato teasers went inside with the extra beer tickets that I had gotten I just dr 
ate that galley boy potato teasers milkshake at like nine o'clock in the morning, drank like four beers and had not a care in the world. And it was amazing. Yeah. And that, and that's what it's all about. So we'll have, we have uh, a whole group of folks that they come to the race, they run, they eat that for breakfast. They go to Swenson's for lunch. They go to Swenson's for dinner. So it's like their triple Swenson's day. It's the only time you can do that. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool, but the, the race is awesome. The Goodyear uh, world headquarters is an awesome venue for a race. We start inside the test track, which is a place you normally can't go. Um, so right. just running near all those bank turns and all the neat stuff inside there. Um, it makes it a very unique experience. There's no wonder why it sells out very fast. Well, between that, the 8k that you have in June and the, uh, marathon in September, the Akron, the whole Akron series is just incredible. And, you know, Adam and I, I, I'm pretty sure I speak for Adam as well as myself when I say, well, you know, we've really enjoyed talking to you tonight about this and, uh, are very much looking forward. I mean, I know I plan on running, finally running the full at Akron this year as a, uh, slow, easy training run for Columbus. Uh, so I, I do, I do hope to get to take on that, uh, that full beautiful course that you've put together this year to be able to see it. But yeah, we're just so glad that you had joined us tonight. Yeah. And, and thank you yeah, guys we appreciate too, for, it. for feet. Yeah. Thanks for featuring it and good luck running slow on that new course. That's going to be, hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Well, that's where you line up hip to hip with a pacer below where you want to race and say, Hey, I'm staying with, don't let me get too far ahead. It's the exact well, opposite problem you get in the ra- in the race you're racing for. You know, there are some things that very well may um, pitfall you because there's a ton of uh, beer stations on that course and a lot of cheering stations and a nice little kissing booth in West Akron. And uh, by the time you see all these different <laughs> block parties, if you stop and uh, hang out with them, you might be able to slow yourself down. So it's possible. There we go. Might be the perfect race for that. Yeah. There you go. Well, Brian, thanks again so much. Adam, do you have any final thoughts? No, just thanks a lot, Brian. This was a great conversation. Really awesome to hear about just what you've brought to the Akron Marathon, some of the thought that goes into what you've done to, uh, to prepare for it. Really appreciate having you on. Yep, thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Enjoy your miles, everybody. And you don't have to hang up yet, Brian. <laughs>